This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. On your itinerary this week, we're continuing our local expert series. Frederick Van Johnson guest hosts so I can share my tips for traveling and shooting in La Fortuna, Costa Rica. Are you a local expert? Well, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line on Twitter at your itinerary and let me know about your favorite spot. Maybe I'll even interview you for our next local expert series. Welcome to Your Itinerary. My name is Rob Knight, and we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Uh, my guest today is actually me, and I've asked my buddy Frederick Van Johnson from This Week in Photo to come on and interview me as part of our local expert series. So I'm going to be the local expert this week, and Frederick is going to be doing the asking. So Frederick, thanks for coming on and, and taking over the, the helm. Hey man, thanks for inviting me onto your show. It's uh, you know, I've been waiting in a dark room for like you know weeks, waiting on the invite to come on this show, <laughs> and now I get to come on and actually interview the man. So I'm happy. Thank you. <laughs> right on, man. So this is cool. So yeah, this is. I think that you know your show is awesome. Uh, your itinerary and you know one of the things that you and I were talking about offline is how best to convey this. You know how best to convey the 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 coolness of the location that we're going to be talking about without you having to ask yourself your own questions. Hence me here asking you some of the questions that you would normally ask to the person sitting on the other side of the interview. Right. So, so that said, what, where are we going to be talking about? What's the, what's the locale of this discussion? Well, as listeners know, and you know, I, I go to Costa Rica pretty often and, um, you can't really do an, an episode like this about the whole country of Costa Rica. So I decided to talk about La Fortuna, Costa Rica. Okay. Uh, it's where the, uh, it's basically the jumping off point for the Arenal volcano, uh, Lake Arenal, that's sort of uh, northern central part of Costa Rica where a lot of people like to visit. Got it. Got it. And then when, when people visit there, when they jump in and they get off the plane, like first day, first couple of days, what can they expect? What's the, what's the culture shock? Um, it's a lot like, um, like most of the places that you'll visit in Costa Rica, it's pretty laid back, um, pretty easygoing. That's why I like about it. Uh, as far as uh, photo opportunities, you're looking at uh, a lot of landscape photography, a lot of wildlife photography. You do have to um, go searching for the wildlife a little more than some places. Uh, I've had workshop clients that actually complained because it's not as easy as the Galapagos because everything's not just sort of flopped out there, you yeah. know, for you to for you to shoot. You have to actually you know, walk in the forest and that kind of thing. Um, but in La Fortuna, it's a nice little town. It's a, it's a really neat, um, I, I wouldn't call it a city, but it's bigger than a lot of towns in Costa Rica. And it has a really pretty square uh, with a big fountain, and there's always people around. So there's lots of opportunity for street photography as well. No, La Fortuna, that, that sounds familiar, I swear. Is that like where they filmed Lost at or some some famous show or something? It sounds like I, I feel like I know that name from somewhere. I really don't know. Huh, I wonder. It'd be interesting if that was the the location for Lost. So, <laughs> so let's, let's take it from arrival. You know, a lot of people get get. That's the first piece of it. You know, the night before you're getting ready to go on one of these trips, you're like, okay, what's going to happen? What should I bring? What should I not bring? What is customs going to mess with me on? You know, all that stuff. Starting from just getting into the airport. Let's start start there. What what's it like when you when you touch down? You get off the plane. Well, you're going to fly into uh, either the San Jose International Airport or uh, Liberia, uh, or Liberia, as it as it looks on the map. Um, they're about the same distance. Either way, you're about two or three hours from La Fortuna when you arrive. Um, yeah. So you're going to have to do some kind of uh, of transportation from the the international airport there. I usually fly into SJO, which is the San Jose airport. Um, 
from Atlanta, where I come from, uh, in the States, it usually ends up being about half the price of flying into the other airport. So it's a no-brainer. I, I'm, I'm going to take the three or $400 flight versus the eight or $900 flight every time. Yeah. Uh, and um, I usually rent a car. I, I've been there a lot. I'm not... Um, a lot of people are kind of scared to drive in Costa Rica. You hear about, oh, the roads are terrible. and um, You're going to, like, go off a cliff or something? Yeah, but, uh, you know, the route, especially from San Jose to La Fortuna, is, I mean, newly paved, very nice. It's it's mostly mountain roads, so it takes a while, but um, it's certainly not giant potholes and things like that. It's a pretty easy drive. Yeah, and then once once you're on the ground, like normally, I for the most part I travel within the United States and then outside from time to time. But ma- mostly major, you know, metropolitan areas like you know Paris or London or something like that. In this sort of tropical kind of area like that, how how is it getting around? How are you navigating in a, in a larger city? I'm okay with Google Maps or Waze or you know maybe not sure. Apple Maps, but you know so, <laughs> something like that. Um, when you're out there, do the same rules apply? Uh, usually not, especially if you're coming from out of the country. You're generally not going to be using a lot of you know, data on your cell phone and that kind of thing. Sure. Now, rental car companies will, will be happy to rent you um, a GPS, although I've seen some really funny things on you know, gravel roads and things like that that people are like, you know, they don't even know what to do in Costa Rica. But um, the trick I found in navigating Costa Rica is just to know what the next town that you're going to be visiting is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, from uh, San Jose to La Fortuna, you're going to go through San Ramon, and then you're going to go through um, lots of places. Um, La Tigra is one of them. But there's, um, if you look at a map and see, you know, the towns that are big enough to be on the map, mm-hmm. there's going to be a sign. If there's a if there's a crossroads, there'll be a sign. You know, San Ramon's this way. So you you just watch for the signs and keep going. They just don't like really in the olden have, days, right? It's like, it is. They, they really, they don't have street signs. Wow. They don't have street names and things like that. So I mean, but that um, could be dangerous in the end though. I mean, if you get turned around and you're on this road and you're like, you know, midway between two points with street signs, you could easily get turned around, especially if it's night. Right. So how do you, how do you I, make I, sure that that doesn't happen? Well, I would definitely recommend, especially if you're not familiar with the route, to to travel in the daytime. Okay, that that is a good tip because it's really it's easy to miss the signs if you're not looking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so I would definitely say travel during the day. I can I make the drive, you know, no big deal. It's it's not a problem for me. I've made the drive several times, but people are also very nice there. So in general, if you stop at a at a little supermarket or a gas station or something, and you know, you can show them the map, La Tigra. You know, don't dance style And they'll yeah. tell you which way to go. Um, yeah. And the, the truth of the matter is there's just not that many roads. It's not as if you're getting lost, you know, between San Jose and San Francisco where there's, you know, a thousand different turns you could make. Yeah. You know, the, a lot of times between point A and point B, there might there might not be a road that you could take, you know, that's wrong. So right. um, there are some exceptions like San Ramon is a pretty big town and you go through there. Um that's really the most turns that you have to make the whole way between San Jose and La Fortuna because the road kind of dead ends and you have to take a left and then a right. And yeah. I mean, that's it. And well, then you go until you get to another crossroads. The, the other obvious question along with that, with the, you know, sort of the lack of, of cell coverage, a, and, and being able to, you know, just sort of get around like we're used to with our spoiled iPhones and, you know, nationwide coverage and all that. 
Um, cause that would be a culture shock to many people. You're there and you're like, okay, I can't check my email. I can't tweet. I can't do anything. So there's, you know, there's that. And I want to, I want to understand how you navigate that or deal with that, the lack of connectivity, but then more importantly is safety considerations when you're out there. You know, a lot of people think anything South of the border is dangerous. You know, you're going to go down there, you're going to get kidnapped and no one's going to see you again or something horrible is going to happen to you. You're going to get sold into slavery or something. So how do you, how do you, <laughs> I know it's, I'm telling you people think this, right? oh, sure. not me, not me, but people think this, but how do you, you know, how, what are some other than just the obvious, you know, common sense things, what, what do you do to make sure that you and or your family are safe when you're traveling around a foreign country like Costa Rica? Well, in Costa Rica in particular, um, the crime rates in San Jose, in the capital city, are, are pretty high in some neighborhoods especially. Yeah. So I, people ask me what I do in San Jose, and I said the first thing I do is leave San Jose. That's the first <laughs> thing I do is drive out into the country. And it's kind of well, like... That's funny you say that because people in San Jose, California say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's not unlike uh, you know, rural areas in the United States. You know, mm -hmm. if you get out into the middle of nowhere and you run across a farmer, he's probably not going to be a big jerk. He's not going to try to steal your rental car, you know, and, and that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, La Fortuna, it's, like I said, it's a little bit bigger town. So there's more people and, and maybe, you know, don't leave your camera sitting on the bench and walk away from it or anything like that. But um, it's a lot more of a, a sort of rural mindset than, than in the big city. Good, good. Yeah, rural and less cutthroat, I would say, right? right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the other consideration obviously is, is lodging. So you're there, you're in the country. Um, presumably if you're smart, you will have figured out lodging before you get on the ground. <laughs> but, but what, what, what are some guidelines of where do you stay? I mean, are there motel sixes there? Are we going to find a Hilton there? Is it a shack with a, with a thatch roof? What, what are we looking at? <laughs> well, the short answer is yes to all, all of the above. You can, <laughs> If you stay in, in the town of La Fortuna, there's uh, a couple of hostels, uh, there's little motels, there's little hotel. I mean, you could stay for next to nothing if you want to, or you can stay in resorts that are, you know, a mile or two off of, off of the main drag there. Then you'll pay. I, I was just looking up some prices, actually, before this. Um, one place is called The Springs, and it's a beautiful place. It's brand new. It's, it's been built since I've been visiting Costa Rica. So it's been built within the last, um, gosh, three, four years, I think probably it's, okay. it's relatively new. And we actually pass there on the way to the place that I usually stay. But, um, the Springs, it starts at $600 a night. Wow. So, I mean, it's, but it's an, um, if you look at their website, it's amazing. I mean, it looks like a, you know, as something out of a movie, so it's, it's not a it's not a Las Vegas six hundred dollars a night because in Vegas you get you know eh whatever you know it's a right. decent room no, for it's, 600. it's like tropical paradise with uh, natural hot springs and things like that type of a six hundred dollars. Now um, the first time I visited this part of Costa Rica, we stayed at a place called Tabacon, and it is it was sort of the king of the fancy resort hotels for a while. Now there's lots more new ones since then. Um, but, uh, my wife actually planned the trip for my birthday and she knew somebody who had stayed there and Tabacon is beautiful and they have their own hot springs and things like that. Yeah. But I, I like the experience of the place that I stay is called leaves and lizards and it's leaves about and lizards. leaves right. and lizards. And, and it's about, uh, 20 or 30 minutes outside of La Fortuna. It's actually in the hills above La Fortuna. 
So you can see La Fortuna, um, and you're in your own cabin with a beautiful view of the volcano, um, and it's actually a, a working dairy farm. And so the people that work there are, are local people. The owners are actually from Florida. Steve and Deb are, are really nice. Um, they're from Florida. But it's more like staying with friends in Costa Rica. You yeah. know what I mean? You're not, um, it's not like some resort experience where, you know, you, that you could basically have anywhere. Right. You know, yeah. You're not just, just guest number 5,032. Right? right. Right. And not to take anything away from, from high-end resorts. They're, they're a lot of fun. But for me, I'd, I'd rather be able to just sit on my front porch and photograph hummingbirds all morning. Yeah. You know, because they're, we're, I'm in the forest with them, you know, that kind of thing. So that's the kind of lodging that I prefer. And it's less than half of what it is to stay in one of the uh, the big resort places too. So yeah, and it just depends on what you're going for. Because some people just you know they want the comfort and the the pattern of a high end resort, be able to know that their room's going to be turned down when they leave, and they can go, they can call room service and get food, and, and sure. then they can leave the safety of the nest and, and venture out when they want and run back to safety when they when they need to, Absolutely. rather than. Yeah, and then other people on the other side, like you, would probably gravitate more towards the the authentic experience. You know, almost ver- it's almost like a like an Airbnb crowd versus the re- the the traditional hotel crowd, right? Sure, sure. And and having done both, I you know, as a photographer especially, I prefer the more you know going local aspect of it. But yeah. I will say to to answer your question about um, you know staying connected, there are more places in. Costa Rica, in my experience, that have Wi-Fi than there are in the United States. Virgin, I mean, just about everywhere you go, you stop at a little, uh, they're called sodas, just a little cafe, and chances are they'll have Wi-Fi. They'll have free Wi-Fi. I mean, it's crazy. You can get online anywhere. Check your email, check your, you know, uh, your iMessages and that kind of stuff. So That's uh, cool. Yeah, just so there's like pockets of connectivity instead of, they have pockets of strong connectivity versus hopefully blanketed so-so connectivity like we have here. Right. Absolutely. Well, the mo- you know, one of the, the m- more important, at least in my opinion, questions above safety, above lodging, above the plane and the airport and the rental car and all that is food. <laughs> it's got to be about the food. If yes. you don't have a good dining experience, it's going to impact your entire trip. Or if you get sick or something like that, talk to me about the local cuisine and, and how is it there? Is the food good, bad, ugly? Man, the food is so good, especially in rural parts of Costa Rica, because it's basically fresh ingredients cooked to order. Mm. You know, So, I mean, you can't go wrong with that just about anywhere. But the uh, the pork chops in Costa Rica are some of the best I've had. And I know in that particular part of Costa Rica, the, the they feed the pigs banana leaves. So the pork chops have this kind of sweetness to them that it's really good. Um, uh, there's a lot of places that raise tilapia, so the fish is always really good and fresh. Um, chicken's always really good and fresh. You're going to have black beans and rice every time you sit down at a table to eat. <laughs> so my, my buddy... My buddy Enrique says, no, we do it differently. We have uh, gallo pinto for breakfast, which is black beans and rice with spices. We have mm-hmm. black beans and rice for lunch, but we change it up for dinner and we have rice and black beans. <laughs> so, I love it. We're living on the edge over there, man. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Change it up. You know, keep it, keep it different. But um, the, uh, the, the typical meal is called a casado. And you'll see that on just about every menu and every restaurant. And it's almost like the the... Costa Rican version or the Tico version. That's what Costa Ricans call themselves um, of a meat and three. 
you'll pick your protein, you'll have black beans and rice, a little salad, and then uh, a vegetable and usually a fried plantain, something like that, something sweet. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's like a platter of food and it's usually the cheapest thing on the menu. So you'll see either the casado or sometimes they call it the Tico plate or the typical plate or something like that. But I've seen lots of tourist places. Um, there's a place in downtown La Fortuna. It's this big open air restaurant. And I should have looked up the name. I forgot what it is. But you can't miss it. If you ask anybody where to eat, they'll say, oh, you got to go here. And it's it's an, it's almost like a pavilion more than a restaurant. But the waitresses are in uh, traditional costumes. And it's a neat place to eat. But their menu is like 12 pages. And they've got spaghetti and hamburgers and pizza and all this stuff for like, you know, $15, $20. I was going to ask and, you that. Like, what would then be the average price? Well, then you get the t- or you get the Tico plate, and it's like 6 bucks. And it's more food than any of that, and it's all the local stuff because that's what Costa Ricans eat, so it's going to be cheaper anyway. Um, so you could get by. It sounds like you could get by for like 18 bucks a day on food. Is that Easily, record? easily, yeah. yeah. Wow. And there's a spot I did want to mention in um, in La Fortuna that my buddy Enrique took me to the first time I went there, and it's literally like plastic chairs and plastic tables around this little booth, and it's called Soda La Hormiga. And I'll put a link in the on the notes. It's this little big place. Next, the address is next to the bus station. That's the address, right? But I always take my my uh, workshop groups there, and yep. and they they can never fit all of us at one table. Like some people are sitting at the bar, and some people are at a table where everybody's kind of you know it's kind of this ramshackle place. And I'm like, you're gonna you're gonna see why I bring you here. And everything, everybody's like, oh my god, the food is amazing. It's it's like going to somebody's you know, Costa Rican grandmother's house and they make you lunch. Um, and and I, I won't tell you how little they charge me to feed 15 people, but I, I have to laugh. And they're like, they give me the bill. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's less there, than $5. It must be some mistake, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. So That's cool. You're making me want to go right now, man. I can't. I, I can't dude, I need to talk about Costa Rica. It's freezing cold here in Atlanta today. So <laughs> I'm thinking warm thoughts, man. Keep warm, man. Keep warm. Yeah. Well, well, on that, you know, let's talk about let's dive into the photography piece of this and the the best times of year to head down there, so that you're, you know, the weather. I, I would assume the weather is reasonably temperate year round down there. But you tell me, what's the best time of year to visit? Well, it's going to be warm year round, um, and Costa Rica they get um, 200 inches of rain every year, and it doesn't all happen in the same month. So the, the, the drier season is December through April, basically. It's considered high season in uh, La Fortuna. Um, and that's another thing you have to keep in mind when you're traveling in Costa Rica. Um, there are so many different microclimates, and there are different, um, whether it's mountains or elevation or, or the ocean, there's so many things that affect the climate in different parts of the country that, you know, it might be rainy in San Jose, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be rainy in La Fortuna. So, right. um, but the high season is December through April. So you're, you're looking at less rain, um, but you're also looking at more tourists, um, more expensive hotels, that kind of thing. Um, the other thing that I found in that time of year, the volcano, the Arnal volcano, which basically dominates the landscape is almost completely obstructed by clouds most of the time. Mm. And during the dry season, it's so hot and dry that all the moisture comes out of the forest and makes clouds, and you can't see the volcano. Um, so I do my workshop there in September, and for several different reasons, but I've done it for six years now. And it's like going to Florida in the summertime. You get a, about an hour or two of rain every day. Yeah. At some point, it's going to rain. 
you know, and then it stops. And other than that, it's clear. So during that time, um, August, September time, I probably wouldn't go as late as say October, November. It's the rainiest at, at that time. Um, but the later part of the summer, you're, you have a better chance of actually seeing the volcano and getting those big postcard views. Or you could just, you know, go down there and bring your drone and fly above the clouds or the fog <laughs> and photograph. <laughs> you can try that. But it's more like it's more like if this is the volcano, the clouds are sort of here. Sure. It, it oh. doesn't really go that high. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, I, I want to. So on that, we 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 kind of. Uh, open the door to talk about gear with all that moisture and and humidity down there it sounds like is this the is a weather sealed camera a must have in that location it's it's a um, it's a must want for sure <laughs> i i've i've used weather sealed cameras for years and and yeah. that's one of the reasons because i don't want to have to worry about oh geez i have to put my gear away or get a cover out or something like that. But that's the other option. If your camera is not weather sealed, it's not the end of the world. Just be sure you have anything from a Ziploc bag to a fancy camera cover with you that you can keep your camera out of the elements because, you know, it can it can rain at a at a moment's notice really. Um, yeah. no matter what time of year you go. So Yeah, yeah. And most of these cameras, even you know, the the better cameras I'd say that that aren't weather sealed it's not like they're gonna if one drop of water gets on them they're gonna be destroyed you just have to you know don't dunk them in puddles or drop them in the ocean right 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 and now i did have one guest on a rainstorm and expect them to be okay right right i i had a um a workshop group a couple of years ago and we were at a place called the Arenal hanging bridges which is this really cool trail with these suspension bridges that are hundreds of feet above the jungle it's it's a an amazing place but um she had one of her cameras in a bag, like in a Ziploc bag, in her camera bag. And she had her other camera just under her poncho. And we got caught in this rainstorm for about 30 minutes. It was, I've never seen anything. Like, it was it was such hard rain, like jungle rain in the movies kind of rain, yeah, you know. Nice. And uh, and it was kind of fun because there was a, there's a, a, this concrete tunnel that's part of the trail. And we were just hanging out in there for a minute and watching it go. Um, but the camera that she had around her neck was weather sealed and was fine. And the camera that she had in her bag was, I guess, obviously not as weather sealed. So the LCD got condensation in it. She had condensation on the mirror box. Like it, it was, uh, it was definitely a bag of rice kind of a, kind of a treatment for that one. Uh, you know? but, yeah. And it started working after that, but it was just wild that the difference in, in how the two cameras reacted to the same weather, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like we always say on this week in photo, it's the the right tool for the right job, right? right. So you can't you can't bring a don't bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So all right. So then, you know, when you're on the ground there, tell me about some of the locations that you like to hit when you're there, so that you come back with those, you know, amazing Rob Knight images. Well, if I was for the the first time traveler to that area, <laughs> the first time traveler. I was so, gonna say, wow. <laughs> if you're <laughs> visiting, if you're visiting La Fortuna for the first time, um, the Arenal National Park is, mm -hmm. is a really cool trail. There are two actual. Um, two different trails that go to the main, um, it's a, basically a giant lava flow. It's all these huge um, volcanic boulders that were deposited there within a few minutes, but it's it's hundreds of yards of these boulders that you just, uh, it, it would seem like it would take them years to, to fall there, but it was just a few minutes. 
and the wow. mountain exploded and here's this thing and you can basically climb on it and hike on it and you're oh, right at amazing. right at the volcano it's cool um but the trail going to it you can go one of two directions so you can basically do sort of a wildlife loop and see primary rainforest and secondary rainforest and um lots of different um like we usually see big spiders and and toucans and different wildlife and things like that just along the trail to the Okay, you, you just lost me at big spiders. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wait, wait, what kind of spiders are we talking here? Are we talking like, you know, Indiana Jones spiders? Not or? like, not big tarantulas, like okay, big good, uh, good. golden weaver spiders and things like that. But okay, good, um, good. they're not too aggressive from, in my experience anyway. I don't poke okay. them. You can't, you can't ride them or anything, right? No, 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 no. nothing like okay. that. <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to be really small. Um, but that's a good, that's a good place to visit. Um there's a little place right outside of La Fortuna. It's on the main road. You can't really miss it called Ecocentro de Naus. And it's basically a little, little bitty wildlife refuge. Um, it's, it's not that, that big as far as acres go, but they have a butterfly garden that's really cool. Uh, and it's enclosed. So there's butterflies everywhere. You can shoot them very easily. Good light. Um, they have, uh, we always see really great tree frogs. The little poison dart frogs are all over there. There's a pond, and they have a couple of caiman. Um, they have several birds, toucans, and things like that. So a lot of the wildlife that you think of, like, oh, I'm going to go to Costa Rica. This is what I'm going to shoot. You can find it relatively easily at Danaus. And it's like 10 or 15 bucks to get in. You know, it's just this little nonprofit place. They they rescue animals, and we usually see slots there and um, cool. And you basically drive five minutes outside of the town, and and you've got you know wildlife on a platter basically. It sounds like a dream. It sounds really like cool. a dream. except yeah. for that caiman, you know. <laughs> right. Don't pet the caiman. <laughs> Don't yeah. pet the caiman. <laughs> Again, that's uh you know that's Darwin at work right there. Only that's certain right. people will pet the caiman. <laughs> that's right. But so, there's all okay. kinds of things like like the uh, the La Fortuna waterfall. It's a it's a famous thing. It's a um, kind of a touristy thing. You can go there and swim. It's this huge waterfall hundreds of feet high it still makes a cool picture uh, there's a lot of things that you'll sort of see everywhere and and i know um maybe i have a problem with authority and it's just me but i know a lot of photographers kind of avoid the tourist things but even the touristy things in costa rica are are beautiful you know? yeah yeah oh, i love it so any any so that that's all, you know if i was to go there uh i'd want to do everything you just said is that is that kind of your suggested itinerary? Is that the flow that you would suggest someone that's new to Costa Rica? Is that what they should do, or do you have another suggestion? I, I would pick maybe one big thing, one or two big things every day that you want to do. Plan a morning to do one thing and an afternoon to do another. Um, the travel time in between tends to be, you know, depending on where you go, you might drive for an hour outside of La Fortuna to get to some uh, places that you'd want to go shoot. But, you know, if you that's what we do on, on the workshop, for example. We'll have one thing that we're going to shoot in the morning, and then we have one thing in the afternoon. So then, you know, if the morning thing goes quicker than you thought, then you, you have time to go, go into town and go shopping or, you know, go find a spot to eat lunch or whatever. So um, rather than try to pack too many things into, into a day, I think that's yeah. a, a good way to go. Well, that's a good segue then. So the, the things that you'd want to do when you're not shooting, you're not always going to be shooting and you're not always going to be eating or traveling. What are some non-photography related things that you might want to get into when you're down there? Well, I mentioned the uh, R&L hanging bridges. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool thing. And it uh, it's funny because it seems like something you would really want to take your camera and shoot. But um, from experience, from taking photography groups there, 
it's an amazing thing. It's a you hike through the forest and you're on these suspension bridges and it's really cool. But the fact is, if you see wildlife, it's so far away and it's in the top of the jungle canopy. And you know, unless you have a thousand millimeter lens and ten thousand watt seconds of strobe power, you're not going to get a shot. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some neat vistas you can shoot. There's a waterfall along the path that you can shoot, but it's not really a. I wouldn't call it a photography thing. It's an amazing place to absolutely visit and do the. The, the hike. Um, uh, you've got to do a zip line while you're in Costa Rica. Um, every it, it's I love when people ask me that. Oh, you went to Costa Rica? Did you do the zip line? <laughs> and to say there's basically a zip line in Costa Rica every two miles. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like everywhere you go, canopy zip line, zip line, zip line. But two of the best ones I've been on are in the La Fortuna area. Um, one of them is uh, is called Sky Trek, and it's like if you're if you're really upset about safety, if you're really concerned about some sort of homemade janky looking stuff, then Skytrek will make you feel better. It's all metal. It's all like fabricated, you know, it, it's like if you had a zip line in the States, it's going to be yeah. like this, you know, everything's right. just very uh, high tech and, and very secure. You know, you have, in fact, even the, the pulleys that you ride on, you have handles that you hold on the pulleys. So it's very fancy. Now, yeah. the one I like better than that is called Mundo Aventura. And you get in this trailer, and they pull you up the hill in a behind a tractor. <laughs> and, and you're, I mean, you, I always think about it. People are, are tripped out because, you know, the cable just goes and it's wrapped around a tree, and there's bolts and bolts to hold it on there. And sometimes <laughs> the platforms are, like, just wood and, like, they just made it yesterday kind of stuff. Yeah. But you got to figure the guides do this every day 12 yeah. times so you know it's secure they wouldn't be on there if it wasn't secure so it's fixed good enough but if you're if you're squeamish about stuff like that then i could see people being like wait are, is this okay is this fine no, but you know it's costa rica yeah. man it's, <laughs> it's just and you've done that how many how many times have you done that one uh twice I've done that one twice yeah and you live to tell about it oh, so yeah. and it's that one is cool because the the one cable um actually starts above the La Fortuna waterfall. I think it's 200 feet up. And that particular cable is something like 970 meters long. So it's almost a whole kilometer that you, that you, you drove from the top of the waterfall down. It's wow. unbelievable, man. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like a good, uh, if you could wear like some wearable type camera yeah. so that you could get the shot. Because I don't want to be messing with my camera while. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. But if I could put like a GoPro or an action cam on a helmet or something, absolutely, I would do that in a hot minute, man. That would super cool, super cool. And one other thing you have to mention in that part of the country is the hot springs. Oh, um, everywhere you go has a hot springs. Basically, the Arnall River is warm as it runs through that part. So um, every time I go, there's some new hotel that's popped up. They bought a piece of property with the river on it, and now they now it's a hot spring in a, a hotel. So there's a lot of them that are more established. There's one called Baldy Hot Springs that it has these huge tiki statues outside. It looks like if there was a hot spring at Disney, that's what it would look like. Yeah, and I've never been by there, literally never, ever been by there that there wasn't four tour buses outside. Really? Oh, I have never wow. been there. <laughs> like, no thanks. That's cool. So the um, floor tour buses are like, like the the keep Rob away signal. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. The one that 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 I really like is called Eco Thermales, and it's family owned and has been for 
couple of generations. They have a really nice restaurant that, again, it's more like eating dinner at somebody's house, uh, mm-hmm. really low-key. They actually cut it off. They only allow 100 people in at a time, although I've never been there when there were more than 20 people there. Yeah. Um, much quieter. Um, it's, it's just a very cool atmosphere, and, and it's a, you can go and you pay, I think it's 40 bucks, $45, and that gets you four or five hours in the springs and and lunch or dinner. Yeah. So I need it, I, mean, I need that like every week. I need to do that. Dude. It, it, that should be my Friday routine to go no there. <laughs> Absolutely. And and once you go there, like we're going to go there in in a few months, yep. you, you will you will dream about it. <laughs> you'll on a on a tough day you'll go, "Man, I wish I could go to Ecuador." <laughs> You're going to be I'm going to be ruined. I know it. I love uh, yep, it. Absolutely. All right, well, let's 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 wrap this up. the The last question I'd have for you is just like family oriented things. Like we've been talking mostly, you know, a lot of the stuff we talked about you can do obviously with your family, you know, and depending on how much you like your family, the zip lining stuff. <laughs> but but you know, is it a good spot to bring the family with? You know, you got a family, a husband, a wife, two kids. Say, is it a good place to go down there and have a good time? I think so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, in fact, I've taken my wife and my two kids multiple times. My son's been there three times, and he doesn't turn three until March. Nice. So, and when you come back, you have the same amount of people that you left with? Same so. amount of children, yeah, I usually come <laughs> back. And the great thing about taking, especially young kids there, Ticos love babies. They love children. It's, you know, it's that sort of Latin thing. They're very family-oriented family people. Mm-hmm. So. Um, just a quick story. We were there at uh, Leaves and Lizards with my son, and he was, I guess, six months old. And we were trying to have dinner, and and he was just mad. He was upset. He was crying. He didn't want to be in his seat. He didn't anybody hold him. So we were trying to. And once the the gals that served the food at Leaves and Lizards at their restaurant, uh, this girl uh, Rosa, she came over. Everything was was served, so she didn't really have any more work to do. She came over, grabbed our crying baby, and. Walked off. Uh oh. <laughs> she she walked around with our baby so we could eat dinner. That's great. You know, it, which was very cool because a we got to eat dinner. And, yeah. And he was great. He loves my my son loves the ladies anyway, <laughs> and and he has a thing for Latin women. I think it's because we took him to Costa Rica when he was so young. So he was he was stoked. But every now and then, like when we go in the morning for uh, for breakfast, one of the ladies would come out, grab the baby, gone. You just look in the kitchen and they're taking turns holding them and carrying them around and playing with them. And they just love babies. So it's almost like having a built-in babysitter because you can, and you can have your dinner and have your cocktail and like, you know, the baby's around somewhere. (laughs) They're not going to do anything. They they may be single-handedly responsible for an influx of tourism to the country now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because people are listening to this like, wow, that sounds like a dream. I'm going Good stuff. Well, cool. Hey Rob, thanks for thanks for doing this. It's been I think this was the perfect way to to discuss your experiences down there in La Fortuna and and get me a little bit depressed in our, you know, kind of chilly California weather here and your frigid, you know, eastern weather over there. Yep. But uh, yeah, man, thank you for doing this. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on and, and taking over and and uh, starting the conversation. Um, you can find out more about uh, our Costa Rica stuff and more at CostaRicaPhotoWorkshop.com. Uh, and uh, I'm going to put a lot of links in the show notes for um, just about everywhere that I've mentioned. I've got links already to go for, for that. So um, 
Thanks again, Frederick, and I'll talk to you later. Uh, if you like what you're hearing on your itinerary, please tell all your friends about it and stop by iTunes and leave us a few stars. And thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. All right. See you. Man. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure, and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography.